Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Emergency podcast, emergency podcast, six rings and football things. Deja vu all over again. Tom Brady officially announced his retirement via Instagram this morning. And I am joined by the great Patriots.com, PFW, PUer, Paul Perillo, your friend and mine. We are going to break down the entirety of Tom Brady's career because Paul and I had a unique uh, kind of vantage point for the bulk of that career with the Patriots in New England. And I don't know that anyone saw the evolution of Tom Brady's career more closely than Paul Perillo. So first of all, Paul, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. We're going to put a little asterisk, six rings, maybe, well, actually seven, since we're talking about Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're technically talking about a seven rings yeah. member of Patriot Nation with six of those coming in New England. Uh, first of all, <clears throat> Massachusetts legalized gambling. You can all get your hometown, Everett. You can go down there, put the old mortgage on whatever you want. Would you have bet on us doing this podcast right now, Tom Brady retiring this year after the debacle that was last retirement and this past season? Yeah, I, I would not have. I would have lost. Because uh, if I had to to say either way, I would have said he's going to come back for, for one more year. And, and I kind of felt heading into last year that that was going to be it. But then the way it all unfolded, um, obviously the situation with his marriage, um, I, you know he didn't play as well. Uh, the team certainly didn't perform as well. I, I didn't think he would go out on, on those terms. I, I figured he would – I think he showed enough signs that he could still play at, at a reasonably high level. I thought he would come back for one more. But I'm not stunned by it, obviously. It, the guy's 46 years old. You can't be too you know, too surprised. Yeah, I, I mean, certainly in terms of volume, he, what, he led the NFL and set records with attempts and completions for an right. eight-win team that he kind of had to carry because they didn't have a running game and – I think there was some frustration throughout. Um, I agree with you. I, I thought there were actually really enticing, intriguing opportunities potentially on the horizon um, this offseason. San Francisco being at the top of the list, especially with the Brock Purdy injury uh, in the title game that just opened the door for a one-year cameo for him in his right. dream home. Um, but that being said, do you agree that he's done? I mean, he was pretty emotional in that short video. This, this time it seemed genuine. I agree. And uh, I heard it when I was driving in this morning. And I did think that it struck me that he was willing to sort of acknowledge what he did last year and, you know, kind of, you know, not really make fun of himself, but he kind of poked a little fun at himself right. saying, you know, it's for real this time or something along those lines. Yeah. I, I'd be very surprised if two months from now we're having another emergency podcast to say, Oh, Tom's coming back. Is it, is it going to be San Francisco? Is it going to be Tennessee? Is it going to be Las Vegas? You know, I'd be very surprised. And I also was kind of surprised to say, I don't know if you caught the Jeff Darlington report, you know, it was kind of Tampa or nothing. I don't know if you buy that. Um, I, I, I do a little bit. I do a little bit. I, I wonder if he just didn't want to be one of those guys, Andy, hopping around from team to team at the end, um, just sort of said, it's either going to be Tampa or I'm not going to play. And then he kind of looked around at the landscape and Tampa was like, I ain't playing for this anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. 
I mean, and we can get into that because the way I kind of want to handle this with you is because, as you said, we were talking off air like, eh, I feel like we've already done this once. <laughs> like we did it kind of <laughs> last year and it was awkward. It was weird. I'm not sure at the time any of us really trusted it, even though we were going through the the process of respecting that he kind of retired and that whole thing for 40 days. Um, but I want to take a, a little different approach. I want to break this up because I personally and you know this and loyal listeners to Six Rings and PU and the various uh, outlets that I appear on know I have um, what I guess would be called a um, you could say it love hate relationship love hate relationship uh, interesting relationship layered relationship with Tom Brady uh, because I want to start first and foremost you know like I think he's the greatest that ever did it I think we throw that around way too often these days oh this guy's a goat that's guys a no no greatest Est means something in this world. You learn that in like third grade ELA class. Est means something. He is the greatest to ever do it. I, I don't think this will ever be challenged. I, I really don't. I, I just, the longevity, the success, the everything about him just was perfect. The marriage with Belichick, I, I just don't see. And, and you know, I'm also a believer that every record is made to be broken and it's sports and there will all. I find it hard to believe there's going to be another Tom Brady. I don't think there's much of an argument about the GOAT part. Um, and no one has accomplished – because whatever you want to use for your measurement, you know, is it rings, is it records, is it yards, is it touchdown? What, whatever the metric you want to use, he's the best at. You know, he's won more games. If you want to just say, well, a quarterback's job is just to win, no one did it better than him. Well, a quarterback's job is to score points. No one did it better than him. Throw touchdowns. No one did it better than him. So – I don't think there's any argument about the greatest part. Um, I do wonder if I, I can't, I'm kind of with you. I think all records are kind of made to be broken. I wouldn't be stunned if, you know, someday we're talking about somebody else, maybe nobody that we know right now. We can you know, be dead. You know, maybe it won't be Patrick Mahomes the way, you know, everybody always wants to anoint these guys, you know, five, six years in, but somebody will come around. And I think the way that you see these quarterbacks play now, Aren't you surprised if anybody retires before the age of 40? Yes and no, because it's a um, a double-edged sword there. I think the money they now are making and will continue to grow and make would lead to earlier retirements. Like if you're making $50 million a year and you play for, for 10 years and you get $500 million in the bank, I don't know. I think the beach and the family and that yeah. life might be appealing. The flip side is I do think the way they protect quarterbacks – you can play longer and with nutrition and everything and everything that goes into football, no double sessions and everything like, yes, you could play forever, but do you want to, will you be motivated yep. to? And that is a question. Yeah. And, but you're right. There'll probably be, you know, if, if 98% of quarterbacks go one way and say, no, I made $500 million and I won two Super Bowls. I'm ready to call it a career. There'll be that one or 2% or like Brady that says, well, I want to chase Brady. I'm still feeling good. I, I'll make a billion dollars instead of 500 million and I'll chase six rings instead of three, whatever it is. And yeah. there probably will be like if um, Patrick Mahomes is playing into his, you know, like 42, 43 years old, his numbers are going to be knocking on the door. His numbers will be, but the winning is part of it. And you said it, Brady. Oh, I think all of all the numbers will be knocking on the door. I just don't, I, I'm we'll with see. you. I think there were a lot of other things and you know, He's already made a, that mega contract that Tom yep. Brady never did. So to your point, maybe when he's 37, 38, he's like, you know what? what? What do I need to keep doing this for? 
he too has an annoying wife, but that's a different topic for a different day. Um, but I think the, cha <laughs> the challenge there, um, and not to go too far down this track of the next Brady or any of that, is will his winning match, because you said it, Brady basically says, you pick your category and I'll beat you in it. If you want to compare X, okay, I'll beat you in X. If you want to compare Y, I'll beat you in Y. Um, if you're the, telling me seven Super Bowls, I don't think I don't right. think someone will match that. But and, and, I, I think someone will match his wins, like just uh, his flat out wins. Oh, general the wins probably yes, but like for Mahomes to be the example, Andy Reid is not going to be there as long as Tom had Bill. And right. I don't know what the next coach will look like, or if it's well, there's one coach that doesn't work. They don't get along for two years. Then there's like those transitional eras sure. could waste away time and, and opportunity. Um, for him in his career. But yes, no, guys like Mahomes or whoever you want to pick, they they have chances in the modern era to go after Brady. But I want to break this up. So the first segment I want to do, because I look at Brady in three phases of his career. The early years, the chip on his shoulder, the crying kid who won Super Bowls but was a system QB, was a product of the defense. We'll get into that. I want to talk about that a little bit. Then I think you evolved into the middle of his career where he was an assassin where he got a taste of the the passing life with with uh, moss and welker and loved it and like took off and then the final phase which i don't know where i how i want to describe that exactly whether that's businessman um you know looked i think looked at the game and looked at himself as his own corporation in a corporate, different way yeah, corporate tom yep yeah so i think those are the three phases so i, I want to start with because you were there from day one ground one the whole thing six round pick tom brady what is your and i don't want oh you know blah 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 did you ever see it i don't, I don't want that crap because i don't want you to lie um i want you know like, what didn't. you know the answer to that i <laughs> no, know i know nobody did <laughs> um what is your first like memory of Tom Brady? Because I'll let listeners know um, you guys did a uh, rookie diary with Tom right. Brady back in 2000. So you got to, and for anybody that doesn't know, the Patriots Football Weekly would talk to a guy every single day, basically after training camp practice or before training camp practice. And Tom Brady was that guy for that year. Is it anything from that or just what was your general first impression of Tom Brady? Yeah, I mean, th that's most of it for me. And I did a lot of those. Uh, your predecessor and our good friend Shane Donaldson actually did it more often than not. That was his it was his jo uh, job, I would say, for 75 percent of those training camp days. Shane's the one that sat down with him. And uh, my takeaway from the, the ones that I did with him were just that. Very confident, you know, and you were thinking, you know, this, this kid, he might have a chance to make the team, maybe. Because you were thinking, well, you know, Drew's not going anywhere. And then John Freeze is a veteran backup. So those two guys were sort of locked in. Could he supplant Michael Bishop as that third guy? No one thought at the time, they're not going to keep four quarterbacks, which obviously Belichick ended up doing. But the, the confidence that he had, um, despite the fact that he hadn't really done anything yet, to me was my one of my big takeaways. And I and I thought that that really coincided with, with the way Belichick spoke about him like after rookie minicamp, you know, obviously a quarterback position itself is a position of leadership, but he felt like he took ownership of that entire group right from day one. And you could see that on the field. I thought physically, and I've said this to you many times, I thought physically his, his skills 
were undersold coming out of college. I thought he threw the ball better than the way the scouts had spoken about it at Michigan. I thought his arm was better. Um, I thought he was, a, a, you know, never to be confused with Patrick Mahomes as an athlete, but his movement was, I think, better than it was given credit for too. This is early in his career. I'm not talking about the guy that bowed out on the Monday night against Dallas and basically couldn't move. I'm talking about early on in his career. I thought he slid around, moved around. There was some promise there. That was my first impressions was his confidence and the way Belichick talked about his leadership. And, you know, I think the, um, the myth of Tom Brady is different than the reality. The, you know, he came from nowhere and never had a chance at Michigan guy. And, oh, they screwed him here. They screwed him there. I think is just a flat-out fabrication by the media. And I think he perpetuated it early in his career and the Patriots perpetuated it and everybody around him. I mean, the reality is he was a great athlete coming out of high school who was drafted by Major League Baseball, who went to Michigan, who had throwing coaches, who was pampered. And, and then at Michigan, was really good. Was like you go look at bowl records. I don't know. I think it was the Orange Bowl was one of them. Like great Orange Bowl. Yeah. Setting records. And I firmly believe that that was a different time. And if Tom Brady entered the NFL with the exact same track record and skill set, I think he may have been a much higher draft pick these days. And I think time played a role. Like the Mac Jones comparisons, like. I mean, Mac Jones went with the 15th pick yeah. in the freaking draft. To your point, he had a far more successful collegiate career than Mac Jones did. Right. So you know, and I'm not talking about winning the games because obviously Mac Jones won all his games right. last year, but that's the only year he played. Brady played other years. He played two years. He had more experience coming out. I, I couldn't agree with you more about that. The whole myth of, you know, overcoming everything. He, he got drafted where he did because of Drew Henson, because he had to split some time with Drew Henson People wondered, well, if he's that good, why is he not just winning this job? And as to come to find out in retrospect, that was a Lloyd Carr problem, not a Tom nice. Brady problem. And and I think even that in this era would be looked at differently of Jalen Hurts benched and transfers or, you know, these guys transfer portal. It's not working out. I'm out of here. And, and who knows? Maybe he would have gotten out of there in the new, the new transfer portal rules of the day. But I just think overall the prospect that was Tom Brady would be looked at a little bit differently today. Now, the flip side of that is – he'd be more of a dinosaur and a pocket passer right. today. So right. maybe that would balance out, and maybe he still ends up being a late-round pick because they go, wow, this guy's really a, a slug. He can't he can't do anything. Um, so when it started to unfold, when it started, you know, and we're not going to go down the road of your guy, Drew. We don't. That's a story off-told, and, and we know it gets emotional for you, and I don't want tears on my podcast. Um, but when it goes down the road of he wins the job, he wins a Super Bowl, uh, what are you looking for? I was, Drew trying the, I was trying to get my Drew poster in the picture. <laughs> yeah. um, when it goes down that road, and again, I'm talking early career, Tom, wins the Super Bowl, doesn't really do a whole hell of a lot. Uh, next year, eh, ties for the NFL lead or leads the NFL in, in touchdown passes, but they miss the playoffs. Then they come back 0-3, and the dynasty begins sort of in that era of you know, right after I said they should prepare for the draft and they never lost another game that season or parts of the next season. Um, it's a great point, counterpoint. It really was. Back in the day. Classic. Uh, when when did you become a believer? I had sort of been in that camp in 01 that, eh, I don't know. Like, he's pretty good with the – I'll give him credit. He's pretty good when the game's on the line. You know, when he has to have a drive, he seems to come through. He's got that clutch quality to him, but he didn't really do much. 
in 02, I don't think the team was very good. And he, I know, played hurt through the latter part of that season. I think he had a separated shoulder, if I remember. And the fact that he led the league in touchdown passes, I was like, yeah, I think I may have misjudged this one a little bit. <laughs> 03 and 04, like the case was closed. You know, especially 04. 04, to me, was still the best Patriots championship team. Best combination of really dominant offense and dominant defense. And I still think that the talent level on those teams is grossly undersold, um, you know, beyond just Brady. That's why they was, you know, 14 and two consecutive years. That doesn't happen by accident. Um, but yeah, I would say coming off that 02 season, Andy, I, I kind of, you know, going into 02, I definitely had my doubts, but those doubts were completely gone when he leads the league in touchdown passes. And then he builds off of that and goes back to the Super Bowl and wins it two years in a row. It was over. Do you, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, he became, at that point, I know this has been a talking point this week because his former teammate, Rich Ornberger, said if Mahomes retired now, it, he would be a Hall of Famer. Well, once Brady had three Super Bowls in four years as a starter, he was a Hall of Famer. And, and he started to have statistics as well. They weren't Manning, and you started to get into the Manning-Brady stuff in there, right. one's stats, one's titles, blah, blah, blah. He was a Hall of Famer after the 04 season with three rings and what he was accomplishing with those teams. Do you think, and I know he'll probably never answer this, at least not honestly, or an answer that we can take as honesty, but do you think Bill was similar to you? Do you think there was any doubt in Bill's mind after the 01 title, they gave him that reworked contract, they trade Drew? I think Bill was drunk, done with Drew. Yeah, I'm not so sure Bill said, this guy right here, going to ride him for about two decades no what i think and i still think that that bill believes this is i feel like bill bill was convinced that brady was a guy he could win with but i think that he felt and i think in many ways he still feels i can win with him because of me and i think that's part of you know we don't have to branch this off into a different podcast about the current state of the patriots but right. i i think that's part of it i i think that bill that whole cliche from that book, from the Wickersham book about, you know, or, or the Ian O'Connor, whatever book it was from, the you give me a top 15 quarterback. I think that's what he felt. Like Tom is not the best quarterback in football, but he's good enough and I'll do the rest. And I think he was convinced coming off of 01, I can win with this guy because he does what I want him to do. He, he doesn't make mistakes. He avoids negative plays. He's smart and he's a good leader and I'll do the rest. What if I give him the 15th best quarterback and the 6,472nd best offensive play caller? Oh, wait, that was last season. Yeah, that probably won't work out. Uh, probably won't work out too well. So as Paul Perillo just said, through the 2004 season, Tom Brady had three Super Bowl rings, probably was already established as a Hall of Famer, and little did we know at the time, his career was just beginning. And here on Six Rings and Football Things, we'll now delve into the second phase as we'd like to look back on the retrospective of Tom Brady's career now that he has, in case you hadn't heard, announced his retirement for good on Instagram, got a little choked up, got a little teary-eyed, and then unloaded every photo that apparently was on his phone on his Insta story. <laughs> I didn't know the little, little lines that show you how many photos are in a story could get so small. Dude, I actually was looking, Paul, you and I, I thought maybe we'd make a photo at some point. He put so many photos. You had Pioli and Belichick and the Crafts, and it seemed like anybody that's ever rubbed elbows with Tom Brady got a photo, but we didn't quite we make it. We got snubbed. I don't, I don't do the Instagram. We got snubbed. We did. We got that's snubbed, un, but that's, that's okay. 
we can still talk about him objectively. And for this phase of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, we'll delve into what I call the uh, uh, assassin years of Tom Brady, where he married up um, his will to win with a realization that physically he could compete with any quarterback in the National Football League in terms of throwing the, the football, volume, moving the ball through the air. Um, Peyton Manning developed that rivalry, and we all know that in 07, Moss and Welker arrived and took everything that he had done with Branch and Givens and those guys to the next level. He moved on from the disappointment of the AFC title game loss to Peyton Manning when he was throwing to Caldwell and uh, company, Jabbar, uh, Jabbar Gaffney. Were you surprised when that happened, when 50 touchdown passes and theoretically the greatest team in football history right up until they lost to the Giants and ruined the whole freaking story? Were you surprised at that Brady as much as you would accept that he was great, took it to the next level. Yeah, I, I was surprised by a couple of things. Number one, and you'll you'll know this, and Fred likes to remind me of this every once in a while. You know, I didn't think a whole lot of Wes Welker when he when yep. he arrived. I couldn't understand the fascination. Loose um, change, I believe you that. called him. Uh, Loose yeah, change. We yeah. stick. We stay and stand by that. Well, do I stand by it? No. I mean, uh, see, this is very hard for people like you to to accept. Some of us, when we get it wrong, we say, "I was wrong." And I was wrong about a lot of things, but Wes Welker. Uh, I, I was surprised that, uh, I mean, obviously you could see that Randy Moss could still play. But being able to still play and then going out and set the single season record is two different things. I didn't anticipate that kind of uh, an explosion for, for Randy Moss. I think in a lot of ways that was a perfect combination with the ultimate deep threat on the outside in the ultimate slot machine on the inside you know, with a whole lot of space to work with and the smartest quarterback who's ever played delivering the ball and just, you know, it was like a sprinkler offense. They could do whatever they wanted to do. If you asked me at the beginning of the year, are they going to set these records? I would have said, no, that's crazy. 50 mm -hmm. touchdowns. That's crazy. But Gil Brantz, I mean, uh, Gil Santos saw it, but you'll say it. We would, we were sitting next to each other watching the San Diego game in week two. And we both looked at each other and said, this team could go undefeated. Remember Absolutely. how easy they made it look early in the year? Yep. So, like, to say that, like, no one thought it could happen, we kind of, like, we're early on that. Like, this team offensively is special, and if they can keep it together and stay healthy and do, like, it's going to be special, and it was. Yeah, it was, and that's as fun, just pure viewing. Like, the lack of entertainment we've seen from, let's say, the 2022 Patriots or the, the Cam Newton Patriots where it was just, ugly slugfests on offense and uh, ineptitude. The 07 team was the opposite of that. That was NBA, you know, fantastic football, like just fast <laughs> break and living the high life. Um, that was a lot of fun. And I was surprised. And it's funny because you bring up the, the Moss and Welker arrival and how good they were and sort of the over the top, the outside guy, and then the crazy slot guy. And I still remember Bill in one of those documentaries where he goes, you know, if you cover Moss over the top and you cover Welker underneath, we're screwed. Yeah, nobody could. <laughs> right. Well, that was also later on, you know, when Moss had kind of, and you know, no, I know. we don't have to like, turn into a Randy Moss thing, but Randy Moss kind of quit. And well, that's why Moss over the top was allowed to be taken out of the game. In 07, Moss was unstoppable. We got a lot of side side podcasts yeah, yeah. on the road here. I just I'd just like to provide your programming for you. In the stick to the uh, stick to the point at hand, and Tom Brady took the game. MVP, broke the touchdown record. Unfortunately, they failed in the desert, and the offensive line got their ass kicked, and he doesn't uh, win that Super Bowl. 
And then that kicks off kind of the drought, I guess you'd call it, for Super Bowls. Like, you don't win, and guys like Logan Mankins and even Billy O'Brien get labeled as certain things because they're not part of the West know, Welker. ring dynasty. Wes Welker, uh, Randy Moss, for certain radio hosts in this town you may appear with, who's idiotic with that argument at all times. Um, but, yes, it, it turns into this era. And what do you think – what do you think Brady's um, inner turmoil was at that point? Like he, cause they could have won a Super Bowl with Gronk. If Gronk doesn't, you know, isn't playing on one leg and isn't a decoy in Indy, they probably won a Super Bowl there, right? They like, could have won that. I mean, obviously they could have won those two with the Giants that they lost. Those, easy, think, those easily could have been wins. Do you think that maybe um, not only brought drive, cause we know anytime he comes up short, Tom Brady is looking to whoop your ass and whatever it is. We've heard all these stories about, beer chugging or or whatever various game but do you think it also may have brought about an appreciation like it came so easy for the first four years that maybe yeah that's interesting there was an appreciation of because he loves the game i firmly believe he loves football now whether it goes beyond love and it's actually an addiction for him maybe we'll see or whatever but i think that may have brought some appreciation because if you recall he made a comment that was really i thought kind of stupid and this was in, I don't know if it was 03 or 04. I think it was 04. You know, that's it. There's got to be more than this after winning the Super Bowl. I thought it was just an idiotic comment. And I think karma might have come back around and whooped him in the ass in 07 and brought appreciation back to his life of football. Yeah, I, I definitely think he's addicted to the competition, like you said. Um, and he loves football. There's no doubt. And I, I think that when you get that close, because I think that what happened when he started – like the 07 team, like can you imagine the 07 team if that were the Colts, if that was the Peyton Manning Colts and they lost the last game of the year, not just lost it, but they lost 17-14? Right. Like how do you think that would have been perceived? They fell on their face. They, the who, great who, offense, Peyton Manning choked. Who? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that, that's not how it was perceived. No, because Brady had won, the line. Because Brady had won the three titles and had already established himself as the ultimate winner. Yep. And I think that's what, like, I'm going to just get back. And it's it's not about these fancy records. I, I proved that I could do that, but I didn't win. And I think that continued to make them, you know, drive. And let's face it, the second time, the, the 07 team's a wagon. The, the 11 team that lost to the Giants wasn't. Right. Um, you know, the defense was abysmal in, in, in that season. And in that game, even though they somehow only allowed whatever, 22 points or whatever, why I forget the score of the game. Um, they, they couldn't get off the field. I mean, I think uh, Eli Manning had something like uh, 40 minutes of, of ball control with 30 for 40 passing. They couldn't get off the field from the start of the game to the end of the game. And I think Brady probably looked at that as a, like a measure of frustration. Like I just, I, I need a little support, you know, to get, you know, to get over the top. And then you saw them sort of go out shortly thereafter First, they make a big trade for Aqib Tlaib, and then they get Darrell Revis in 14 with Browner, and that defense gets, you know, gets settled. But that was, what was it, 10 years, Andy, right? Oh, yeah. And I know that sounds silly to say, like, they had to go 10 years without, you know, between Super Bowls, but that's a long time for a quarterback to be part of two different sets of, of success within the same dynasty. 10 years, that's a long time. That's well, a whole that career. I, I was going to say that's why people talk about Brady having two Hall of Fame careers. You can break right. it up into two segments and either one gets into Canton. Uh, I want to ask you a question that I don't know the answer to. I'll be honest with you. I have sort of an opinion on, 
um, just sort of philosophically as much as anecdotally. But so Brady becomes a passer, a slinger, like a throw the ball around all the time, a Peyton Manning, whatever you want to call it. Do you think he changed or or it was just sort of the the circumstances he was in? And what I mean by that is when he was dinking and dunking, do you think he that's all he was? And did he get his arm stronger? Did he you know improve his mechanics to the point where he could be more of a, a gunslinger? Not that he ever had a cannon by any means, but also I would argue on the other end, I don't think he ever just had a pea shooter. I thought he always had an adequate NFL arm. Yeah. But do you think arm strength and any of that played a role in the way his career evolved in terms of being a, a passer? I, I think that, like I said, I, I felt like his skills were undersold coming out. I thought he had perfectly uh, a strong enough arm to, you know, was it the best arm in the league? No, but it was pretty good. Um, I, I think that more so than any improvement in that physical aspect of his game, Andy, I think the game just changed. You know, it, the first part of the dynasty, the old one, I mean, you lined up, you ran Antoine Smith, you played defense, you played field position, you punted, and you tried to win 17-14. That was when you, football was football. Well, I know, you know, rockheads like you probably believe that. But, you know, the game evolved into a little bit more of a wide-open game, you know. And, you know, even if you want to look at some of the Patriots' impact on that, you know, the way that they knocked around those Colts receivers in those playoff games led to a, more of an emphasis on the defensive hold, the illegal contacts and stuff like that. And then you want to go a little bit further in the way they legislated all big hits basically out of the secondary. Every time you lay a receiver out, it's a penalty. So it became a lot easier to sort of spread it out, throw the ball, and you get a guy like Brady who's going to pick the right matchup more often than not. I think it lends itself to to a more wide open game, and I think Brady evolved with that. I think Bill Belichick evolved with that, and I think Bill at heart is like what you're talking about, Andy. You, you know, when football was football, that's how you play, football. right? But I think you recognize the game is changing, and you got to get more. You know, remember we used to say like, who, if you're going to beat the Patriots, you got to be prepared to score thirty points, right? Because Brady was going to score thirty if he needed to every game. So in order to beat them, you were going to have to do what Philadelphia did in that Super Bowl. Right. So Brady emotionally, as he evolves as a player, evolves as an MVP player, isn't winning Super Bowls, but is still at the heights of the NFL. The Patriots are still uh, a dynasty. How do you think his leadership slash emotion evolves? And I'm going to throw a couple little uh, anecdotal things out here towards you that you can expand on or, or whatever. So the first I recall is, for example, say the uh, the Dan Copen era when Tom lost his mind on the practice field and referred to them as fat cows, the offensive linemen, and really didn't necessarily endear himself to his, to his linemen at that point. Um, and then another famous one from our little internal world is, you know, I know he was ticked off when they had a fight and he and Mayo were sort of on our cover, making it maybe look like they were involved in the fight when they weren't really involved in the fight and he was playing peacekeeper. But emotionally, how do you think he evolved as a leader in that time before we got to deflate gate? And I think he sort of changed some things there, like the emotion of Tom Brady in this, in this middle era of his career. Yeah. I, I do think that he, the, the competitive, I, I think it all gets back to the competitiveness, right? On the field. He, could you imagine him dealing with the way the offense looked during training camp this year? Nope. We would have had the Dan Copen thing about 12 times in August. Right. That's what I'm least, saying. Mac didn't pop off until November. <laughs> right. He, he couldn't he, he couldn't handle 
even a practice not going the way he thought it should go. Um, and in one, on one hand, I think that that is an admirable leadership trait. On the other hand, I think sometimes the emotions got the best of him. He probably didn't really look at, you know, in retrospect, when he went home that night, when he yelled at Dan Copen and the rest of the linemen, and Copen got mad at him, he probably said, yeah, I, I might have taken that one a little too far. And certainly, I, you know, it is a little bit inside baseball between you and I with the Mayo thing. He way overreacted to that. Right. right? He way overreacted to that. And just so people know, we had a cover. There was a training camp fight, very rare in New England. We had a, a picture of it on our cover of one of our training camp issues. And it, it it was Brady and Mayo sort of squaring off. And he he was really upset about it. And, you know, I, I had to go and apologize for him, although I don't really know what I did wrong. <laughs> you played the good uh, good company man. The good I did. Um. Okay, so now I want to transition here on Six Rings and Football Things, the Tom Brady career retrospective for the second straight offseason, and look into the final stages of what was the end of his Patriots career, but then the transition to uh, Tampa Bay and all the debates of Belichick versus Brady. The one thing I, I did tweet out, we now definitively know that Tom Brady will go into the Hall of Fame before Bill Belichick, correct? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, because I don't think Bill's retiring anytime soon. So, right. so, so Brady is going to beat Belichick to Canton. Fact, not opinion. Fact, <laughs> fact. Can't argue with it. Right? I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means, but <laughs> it's going to beat him here too, to, to the more prestigious Hall of Fame. A uh, quick side question: Here, as in Gillette Stadium, the Hall at Patriot Place, the red jacket ceremony, not the gold jacket ceremony. Uh, Will that be coming um, within the year, or will he wait the traditional period? Okay, so this is funny. Um, I want to state emphatically that this is not anything official. Okay. Okay? There have been no conversations with anybody of any importance. This is just something that I spoke with Fred about this morning. Okay. Fred Kirsch. Right. So this is not anything that is happening. And Fred is a big swing, and you know what, at, at the but I, I I sort of threw it out there that, Yes, we should waive that four-year period. Absolutely. Okay. Maybe wait at least a year just to make sure that this is, you know, for good this time. Um, oh, it's for good. Did you see him crying? No, I, I agree. I agree. I don't think I don't think he's coming back. But it doesn't have to be immediate. I don't think this should be handled the way all the other ones were handled, Andy. Like when Vince Wilfork goes in and Teddy Bruschi goes in and Drew Bledsoe goes in and you have the big ceremony in the summer, you know, during the preseason out in the plaza and then – at halftime of one of their games, you, you have them speak and, you know, do all that. This is Tom Brady. I don't want to do it like everybody else. He's different. Mm. I think that they should have just Tom Brady day and it's out in the field. You have the stage set up like it's almost like the concert, you know, with all the field seating yep. on the terraplast and, and yep. all of that. And you invite, you know, anybody that wants to come and you get like Peyton Manning to come mm. and all kinds of former, you know, uh, rivals. Uh, Ed Reed and Ray Lewis and like this, Charles this, Woodson. Yeah, this would be great. Would you be remember great. Larry Bird's retirement here? I, I was what I was just when you were saying this. Yeah. I was thinking Larry Bird and, and Magic. That's what they should do. And in the like, it's not like in the in the football season. This is like May fifteenth. It's Tom right. Brady Day, and it's hyped and pumped up and promoted, and it's a big deal. And then when you do, you know, so he's in the Hall of Fame, and then you're retiring number twelve. Number 12 goes in the stadium somewhere. And I would say probably with the banners mm -hmm. under the banner. You know, we don't have many other numbers in the stadium. Right. 
Right. We have a lot of retired numbers, but none of them are retired inside the bowl. Tom Brady's is different. To, like, to me, you go all out and do it that way. That was my yeah. feeling this morning. I have no idea if anybody will be listening, but that's my that's my thought. Based on my experiences, they don't really listen to you, but um, that's a side topic. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very keen observation by you. How about I'm a down in the basement now looking for my stapler. Well, you do. The back wall does look a little bit like a prison cell, but I didn't want to bring it up. I could get all the, the, the helmets out, though. Kind of cool. I don't I didn't have a Tampa one. I was looking. That's too bad. Um, and the statue could go right on top of the uh, the new lighthouse, right? Big old statue on top of that observation tower uh, lighthouse. How, so how high are we going with that thing? I don't know. You have a statue on top of the lighthouse. Yeah, I don't know. They're limited. You put a light on it so planes don't hit it or something. But how cool would that good be? Good back there, by the way. That's a lot. Construction's really coming along. Oh, good. Uh, so coming along is not what happened with the Belichick Brady relationship with Robert Kraft with the New England Patriots. Um, even though they were still winning, and they won a Super Bowl, and then the bottom kind of fell out thereafter. This is tough. This is the toughest era to talk about Tom Brady's career, in my opinion, the end in New England, because I think the first question is, did it need to end? Could it have been salvaged? Is is the Giselleification of Tom part of it where she brought a certain mentality? And I'm not saying it's wrong, but she brought the my body, my I am the product mentality from her world to Tom, the evolution of TB12 and Alex Guerrero and and all of those things. Um, everybody that's watching on uh, YouTube saw that Paul Perel, true professional, muted himself to cough for a second there. Um, the end, where did it, where did the end begin? Was it money? Was it nickeling and diming? Or are there other layers? I know some people believe that when Malcolm Butler didn't play in the Super Bowl, it was the beginning of the end for Bill really? Belichick and Tom Brady. Yes. Really? That's I, a, I hadn't really heard that theory specifically. Um, Bill didn't think, put the best interest of the football team first. He cost yeah. a Super Bowl, and, and maybe that was like a – you know how they say like little fissures, little cracks, and then water gets in and it, it pushes it further out, freezes, like that that could have been the initial crack. But why did it go wrong, Paul? I think all of it is probably – all of it is contributing factors. You know, Giselle – I do think Giselle sort of explained to him the importance of sort of defending himself. You know, don't let them call you Johnny Foxborough. Like, you, you are the team, you know, like, no, in all seriousness. No, I know. You know, I, I but I, I think Bill, I think Tom was sort of content to say, yeah, it's just Bill being Bill. And then Giselle's like, what, what are you talking about? Why, why don't they appreciate you more? You know, why are you compensated more? What are you doing? And, and I do think that was part of it. Um, and I, I do think that the Malcolm Butler thing, I never really thought of it in those terms, but that's certainly part of it. I think a lot of players felt that way. Um, you know, Devin McCourty has spoken about that in the past. Um, and I also think the way Deflategate unfolded and that initial sort of, I think, cutting ties. With, I thought they hung Tom Brady out to dry in mm -hmm. that initial press conference. You know, are you a cheater? I don't believe so. Like, what what is going on? Like, these reports are out there from Chris Mortensen and ESPN that have since been debunked. Mm -hmm. And he's up there answering questions for something that, what you know, whatever part he had in it, he was not the sole reason for all that to happen. And I think that they kind of left him out there. And I think that bothered him too. I think he felt like he was a little bit more on his own than he had felt previously. So I think all of this contributes to it. And it's the march to time. But you know, Andy, the bottom line that you can't get around is Bill Belichick decided I can't rely on a guy 41. 
42, 43 years old to keep just keep doing the same thing. I don't think he was wrong. Now, time has told us that he he was wrong, but I don't think it's an irrational thought for a head coach to say, I can't rely on a guy when he gets up into his mid 40s to keep playing at a high level. Bill Belichick bet that he wouldn't. Tom Brady bet that he would. Tom Brady won the bet. Right. And, you know, it's funny. We started this talking about gambling and betting in the state of Massachusetts. I agree with you. Like betting in general is a long term proposition. You're not going to bet once, win and go home rich. Like a lot of people bet and they have their ups and their downs and they hope at the end of the year they're a little bit more up than they are down. I think if Bill Belichick made that same bet 10 times, nine times, he's probably right. Tom Brady's the outlier. Tom Brady's the one time where the quarterback was going to play till he's 45 at a ridiculously high level, which, by the way, he told us he was going to play till he was 45 a long time ago, and we didn't really listen to him, and he played to 45. So, you know, he was kind of being honest. Um, the thing I want to get into here is, because I agree with you, I think documentaries will be made, books have been written, like this, the end of the Tom Brady Patriots era is always going to be fascinating and probably never be fully filled in with details so we truly understand Kraft's side, Belichick's side, Brady's side, even Giselle's side. Because this is, and I'll go back to, this is where I got complicated mostly with Tom Brady, you know, sort of the end of his Patriot career where I thought he was a bit of a fraud. I thought he was a bit of a hypocrite. I thought he changed. I thought, you know, I thought Bill Belichick was more consistent with who he was and stayed who he was and his beliefs and his core values. And I thought Tom Brady evolved into more of a diva quarterback and a guy that was looking and sort of led the way probably for the, this trend of it going down that road with the Russell Wilsons and the, the Aaron Rodgers and all these guys that the NDAification, as we've called it um, of the quarterback position in the NFL. Did you, did you have a problem with it? I, I didn't really, because I always, I, I felt like there was an element that the team sort of took him for granted a little bit. And the fact that he was going to be willing to take a little bit less to set the salary structure with inside the locker room, which, as you know, I've never bought as mm-hmm. being any kind of a contributing factor to the team's success. I know that that's the myth that we've been sold time and time again. Well, when the quarterback only makes X, no one else can make more than that. And we don't want the quarterback making X percentage of the salary. None of that had anything to do with the team's success. It was all greatness of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And, and others. And it, a few it, others it's, well, sprinkled in. That, that's part of Bill Belichick's greatness. Right. You know, getting the pieces around him, the, the right pieces around him to play. It's not about the quarterback took less. You're seeing it now again. Every year at this time, Andy, we start to see these ridiculous notions that you can't win if you pay your quarterback big money, except for Patrick Mahomes makes as much as anybody. And he's always in the the, the running at this time of year. You know, it's just, it, it's a myth. The and don't salary cap can be manipulated as Bill Belichick told us many times and, and all teams do it. So to me, I think he stopped allowing himself to get taken advantage of that way. Yeah. You know, my theory, uh, or, or I'll share it with you now, if I haven't said it, you never regret the contract. You regret the player. If you pick the right player, you don't really care what he makes. Like, no one's going to talk about Patrick Mahomes' money or Joe Burrow's money, in my opinion, because they're great. You know when you talk about money? When you picked the wrong guy. Right. You gave John U. Smith $50 million. He was the wrong guy. You shouldn't have. He's not worth it. But 
that's where the mistake, it's not like you can't fit his contract under the cap. You wish you couldn't. You wish you didn't have it on there because he's not good. He's not the right guy. Yeah, uh, but Tom Brady more. was, what? Couldn't agree more. Tom Brady was the right guy for so long. And then he did something pretty special. The reality is he took a, a Hall of Fame goat career and buffed it up a little bit and put it on another pedestal when he went to Tampa and he won. And not only won, but on the field, I think it was obvious they were a good team. I mean, they were a 5,000-yard offense who had a quarterback that turned it over the year before. And they, they just needed something. And it was well sold by them. And I think Bruce Arians was was willing to let Tom Brady kind of put his fingerprints on the team that first year and lead it. And, and I think he used the, you know, teach it how to win, teach it, teach, teach them, set a tone. I think that was the other thing is he was revitalized. He had a point to prove. He was revitalized. He was he was going to OTAs. He was no longer skulking out of OTAs and, and different things. And so it was the perfect storm, in my opinion, in Tampa Bay for him to come away looking LeBronian, where LeBron has taken the finals and the NBA title with him, where he goes, proving just how great. You know, I said we use GOAT too many mu- too much. LeBron James is an all-time great. I don't know if he's the GOAT, but he is proven he's different than virtually anybody else in that transitional factor. And I'll ask you that question. Does that prove Tom Brady was more important than Bill Belichick? Yeah. And you know that I was on the other side of that argument. You know, this from when you were with us Mm -hmm. Uh, and I always felt Bill was a little bit more responsible for the success. I don't think that way anymore. I mean, and that's not just because of what Brady did in Tampa, but what happened to the Patriots here. Does it also, just real quick, because I thought you were going to say something different there, not just what Brady did in Tampa and what happened to the Patriots afterwards, but doesn't Mahomes also affect that? Like, he's taken over as the next, for lack of a better word, breaking my own rule, GOAT quarterback, <laughs> and they go to five straight AFC title games. They're in their third Super Bowl. They have a Super Bowl. They, I mean, he yeah, could easily hot, have. Hot. Talk to me when they go to eight in a row. Uh, right? Okay. Well, I'll talk to you in three years then. <laughs> Because I think there's a really good chance of that. Because they now have the GOAT quarterback and the great coach, Hall of Fame coach, whatever you want to call yeah, Andy He's Reed. a great coach. I, you know, I don't know if he's Belichick as a coach, but Andy Reid's a great coach. And, yeah, it's it's just showing you that it doesn't have to be just one way. And, and it shows you that, oh, you, you got rid of Tyreek Hill. Well, Patrick will make it work with whoever the hell he's making it work with, not named – uh, Kelsey. Yeah, Kelsey obviously is a terrific tight end. Although I do find it funny how Patriots fans have now sort of they they snap back at the Mahomes lost all his weapons and is still great. We just got Travis Kelsey. Well, it's funny. I've been hearing from Patriots fans for the last five years that Travis Kelsey stinks. He's nothing compared to Gronk. Yeah, Fitzy actually said they were old and broken down last year, and that the Patriots had better weapons. One of the dumbest things he's ever said on this podcast. Don't worry, we 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 aired it out. But yes, well, but, you know. But the funny thing is, in terms of just wide receiver cores right now, Patriots is at least as good. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. But that's and it's important to point out Brady always had Gronk or Welker or Moss or Edelman. Like he, I mean, I won't say always. There were a couple years in there where he had dismal weapons but for the most yeah, like part the, he had goats and hall of famers with him too yeah the old five oh six you know early on it was more of a it was more of a running game but as he started throwing the ball more yeah it's david gibbons and Dion branch good players but nothing you know nothing special so did he um 
did he do any harm to his legacy at any point in recent years, whether it's leaving the Patriots, which worked out, won a title, early retirement, now you have coming back for a, a final season that I've heard some people say like is regrettable. It cost him his marriage. It cost him his family. They didn't win. He wasn't as good. And you even mentioned it. Um, part of his legacy are three significant football scandals. You have Spygate, Deflategate, and then whatever the hell happened with the Dolphins and that flirtation and going there with Sean Payton. Is is he just Teflon Tom, as I've kind of called him over the years? Is is the simple legacy going to be, boy, he's a pretty good-looking man, and boy, was he good, and boy, did he win a lot, and I'll just forget everything else? That's going to be the legacy. It should be, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, the, the scandals are what they were. Um, I don't necessarily, I, I don't necessarily hold them all, you know, especially the spy gate. I don't hold against him. Uh, the deflate gate to me was not a huge deal. I think they did something, but I don't, I don't think it was certainly anything worthy of the amount of attention, uh, and sanctions that it received. Um, and the last thing I, I, I hold nothing of that. I mean, tampering, please. I mean, these guys all tamper all the time. Um, but the, the legacy to me, is going to be the greatness. You know, it's like, uh, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, he went to the Wizards at the end of his career and, you know, he didn't really win anymore. Like, does anybody talk about the Wizards? And no. they talk about Michael Jordan. Anybody talk about, like, the ownership thing and, and all that? No, they talk about the six titles and, you know, the, the daggers against Utah and things like that. I think that's the way people are going to talk about Tom Brady 10 years from now, too. And I, and I think that's the way it should be because I will – circle back around to where we started he's the greatest he is the greatest quarterback winner I mean he's on the cliche alert Mount Rushmore of just athletes and winners and like you want to cross sports and he's entered that that weird land of you know I think Jerry Rice at receiver or whatever these guys that are just so far ahead of everybody else it's almost accepted you don't you don't have a lot of debates anymore or barroom you know arguments about it Right. That's where he is. That's what he earned. And now I think it's going to be interesting because it is the modern era and you don't just go away. And I just started actually a book, um, Jeff Perlman's Bo Jackson book uh, about the last folk hero and the fact that Bo's greatness at that time was different because it's all lore. It's all stories. It's all, you know, what could have been. It's like highlight real plays, people remembering things. Now everything is so instantly and intimately documented that there's no room for good storytelling and like man, maybe fluffing up the fish story a little. It wasn't this big. It was, you know what I mean? With Bo, there still was that. Tom basically played in a more modern era where, hell, Fred Kirsch is putting out, you know, three games to glory and all these things, documenting everything. Everybody's mic'd up. I do think there could be some classic Brady uh mic'd up stuff I, I think some of the stuff you and i have seen behind the scenes at times could be entertaining whenever those get uh get released or the statute of limitations comes up on uh keeping those but where now i know he has a contract theoretically with fox to do broadcast you think he'll, do you think he'll 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 start that at least i, I think he has to like wouldn't yeah. it be weird if he didn't <laughs> like, yeah. i don't know I, I would i would be surprised if we don't see him uh you know a week from sunday Me in too. the pregame you know, like that endless hours of pregame on yeah. Fox. I don't think he's, you know, he's not going to be next to Greg Olson in the booth. No, 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 um, no, no. But he's going to be part of that, um, 
that coverage leading up to the Super Bowl. And yeah, I agree. I kind of feel bad for for Greg Olson because I think he's pretty good. He is um, very good. So, you know, <laughs> you know, he, you got to just hand. You're not giving him thirty million dollars to to be the second guy, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, some random regional game. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. I I would be surprised if he doesn't give it at least a year, and will then maybe be, he decides he doesn't like it. Will you be surprised if he's good? Yeah, Me yeah. Too. I think I, I think he's got that that political mindset of you know being very mindful of his image and how he's perceived, and everything is so crafted. I just can't imagine that he's going to be critical of these guys on the field publicly. I know he, I know what he'll think. Right. Right. You know, we've seen the emails and stuff that have come out about random that, you know, that, that, that was the guy, right. Like that, that, you know, I don't think we'll hear that on, on Sundays on Fox. And that's too bad. Cause I do think, I mean, he has such a breadth of knowledge and experiences and such a close relationship with bill that I think could be, be injected into broadcasts as little anecdotes but I think he's going you're right I think he's going to be guarded and anytime you're guarded in those roles and then you end up being not very good you end up being right vanilla what I think you should do Andy is like the, the kind of that approach that Romo had at the very start mm-hmm. don't tell me that he's not going to know everything that's going to happen before it happens right he's considered the greatest pre-snap quarterback in the history of exactly so i think he should litter his broadcast with that stuff i mean not every play but big plays right and and just like wow us with your your knowledge in that way you sort of it's not necessarily critic being critical of the players or the coaching or the decisions you know time up do you ever hear like when when peyton and eli are doing their their manning casts and they do the two-minute drill at the end of the the halves right. and the, it's awesome Right, and he's getting I, I yeah, when it's like one forty-seven, and he's like, "Well, you take one play here, it's going to be down to one thirty-two, and you take a timeout, and you're going to like, and they just start, but a bit, a bit, a bit. Yes, right. that's and, what and Tom can, Brady should do, and he can do that without offending anyone. Without exactly, that, off- that's his out. Yeah, so maybe he will do that, but I just don't envision. I think he signed a ten-year, three hundred and seventy million dollar contract, whatever. I don't envision that when I'm watching games seven, eight, nine years from now, Tom Brady's doing them. Yeah, I can't imagine he's going to be like Troy Aikman and just right. like really so, take to it and do it. Zero point zero. So what is he? Where does he go? Is it ownership? Is it? I know people have thrown out political aspirations. People have talked about. I think for a while there, he thought TB twelve was going to be the outlet. He seems to have kind of cooled on that now. Is that yeah? Yeah. Ownership. Um, I think ownership is something like there's something to that Miami thing. The ownership thing. I I, I wouldn't be now. I don't think he can do both. You can't be in the Fox booth and have a, you know, five percent ownership in the Dolphins. These Patriots yeah. suck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do think that ownership is in his future. Do you, I mean, doesn't that make sense? Isn't that the next logical step? I would think so, and especially now. The only thing I don't know, and I don't want to go too far into this world because I don't think it's really fair or appropriate. I just don't know the personal, the the family, where his family life is going to go. I mean. I have said, so I'll repeat that because I've already said it once, like people will say he threw his marriage away to come back this year. Yeah. I think if his marriage ended this year because it, it was it was already over, it was already doomed. It was just when, not if. Another thing that you and I agree wholeheartedly on. But I do think he loves his kids. I do think he's a pretty passionate father. And some of these guys surprise you sometimes. Like it wouldn't totally stun me if he just did – like, all of a sudden, he's coaching his kids somewhere. Like, I always say that. Just get out of the spotlight. Maybe it's some private school 
where he takes over and he's the quarterback's coach with his kid, right? Like, you never know. Like, you never know where passion and loyalty drive you. And if you're all in on your kids, like if Ben – because I believe Ben plays football. I believe he plays for some – I think you're right. So I know we think because he's Tom Brady, whatever he does has to be – he'll either be the best broadcaster in the world or he'll be a politician and run for president or he'll be an owner. Maybe he'll be a dad. Maybe, like, maybe he'll kind of fade into the – the family world for a little bit while a little while oh the other thing on the broadcast career if he's going to be a sensitive little db like he was with ninkovich in that i don't know if you saw that exchange where he got mad at ninkovich basically for criticizing him over the yeah. course of the season he's not cut out for the media world if that's what he's going to be if he just if that's how sensitive because he, he's going to get ripped at times in the media world because everybody says stupid stuff right and then when you say something stupid you're going to get called out for it and if it's right. going to bother you right you, you're probably going to have to move on. Okay. So as we put the wraps on this, uh, wow, extended edition of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, a Tom Brady career retrospective from day one with Paul Perillo and the Rookie Diary and Patriots Football Weekly straight on through the emotional retirement this morning. Is there anything you feel like we didn't touch on? What What is the lasting memory or untold story that we didn't touch on? Just the ultimate winner. I don't think there's anything that we didn't touch on. I think we – just the, the one thing that when you think of Tom Brady, the first word that comes to mind to me is win. And if you had Tom Brady, more than likely you won the game. And that's – I think that's his lasting it, – it's, it's so funny how similar with Jordan – like, and it, 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 you know, I was just thinking as we were doing, and I'm sure people have talked about this over the years, but I don't really remember it. Like, Jordan dominates the NBA, then leaves to go play baseball. Wouldn't it have been funny if Tom, who was drafted in the Major League Baseball, just, you know, eh, like, as you said, like after the 04, there's got to be more to life than this. And he right. just decided to play baseball for a couple of years. Right. I, I just think those two, the two personalities are so similar. And just they wanted to win first and foremost above all else. And I think that is the last. And not only wanted to win, won. They did. They did. <laughs> you know, like a lot of people want to win, and there's probably a lot of people that are even as invested. But you marry that, and I always say this, like with Jordan, you marry the desire to win, the willingness to work at it with great talent. I don't want to undersell Brady's talent. He was ridiculously talented because while he couldn't wow you the way Josh Allen does, the ability to scan a football field and go to your fifth option and then deliver a perfectly accurate throw is talent, is, is ability. Is I hand, like There's a lot that goes mm-hmm. into that. And, you know, one of those was a Givens one that I'll always remember where he went like right to left all the way, every single read, and then goes back to the right. Eagles. Sorry. Eagles Super Bowl. Yeah. There, to me, there's only a few quarterbacks that have ever played the position that have the stones, the confidence, the awareness to do something like that. Most freak out on like their second read, never mind their fifth or sixth read. Um, so, yes, I want to leave the uh, final thought here. Paul Perillo and Andy Hart never agree on anything. Some would say we're the two most negative people that ever been team reporters in the history of the world. <laughs> Bill O'Brien might be one of those that says that. <laughs> and, and yet, we, as a matter of fact, he has said that to us true. <laughs> at the combine. Uh, and, and, and yet in the end, we agree, Tom Brady was the greatest there ever was. Uh, there was some ups, there was some downs. It was a unique career with the Patriots and certainly a unique career that came to an end in Tampa Bay, but goat is thrown around too often. It is accurate for Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Look at you. Got the full name. When you praise somebody, either when you're mad at him or when you're graduating or, you know, praising, you use the full name. So we got the full name there. For Paul Perillo, I'm Andy Hart. 
Uh, and you may have noticed, by the way, I should say it late, Fitzy is on vacation. That's why he couldn't take part and give you the fan perspective of Tom Brady's career and the industry around which he built himself as a super fan in New England, thanks to Tom Brady. But he'll be back uh, next week to talk about that. For Paul Perillo, I'm Andy Hart. This has been Six Rings and Football Things Out. <laughs>